you for taking time to listen to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at either 8.30 or 11 o'clock a.m., at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. So the original plan for Advent was for me to preach last week and for Pastor Todd to preach this week. <laughs> you know, things happen, and I got switched around, and I was secretly so excited that I ended up in the Gospel of John. Um, it's my favorite gospel, might be my favorite book of the Bible, but that changes from time to time. Um, and it's also within my favorite season in the Christian calendar, Advent. And something that I love about Advent is that it does not deny the presence of darkness. It doesn't declare that it isn't there, but it does bring light to a dark world. The weary world rejoices, right? The weary world. Man, that's been, that's been hitting me different this year. And maybe I've blocked out some of the darkness of past years, but 2020 has been quite the year and quite the Christmas season. And I've also noticed in the past couple of years that the church takes two, two weeks out of Advent to focus on John the Baptist, this very strange man who calls the religious, you brood of vipers, gets this much space in our joyous Christmas season. Now, I love the love, peace, and joy of Christmas. I have multiple things in my house that say merry and bright. I love that term. <laughs> I love peace on earth. I love good tidings and joy to the world. And yes, Jesus' birth is joyous, but the Christmas I sometimes want and long for is, is one that ignores the suffering and darkness in the world. There is hope, there is joy, and there is light. It is not a, a hope, joy, and light that ignores the darkness. It meets this darkness. And I often find myself running for, from darkness, from avoiding pain and suffering, but it often just creates more pain and suffering when I don't face it. Um, I want to be my own light for the people in my life and for myself. Um, and with this, I realized that I could really grow and learn from examining the ministry and discipleship of John the Baptist. Uh, Jeremiah read this for us, but I want to really focus in on um, one through six through eight. A man named John was sent from God. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him everyone would believe in the light. He himself wasn't the light, but his mission was to testify concerning the light. Um, So as I looked in on on John the witness, it's interesting because uh, it's the only time in the Gospels where he's not called John the Baptist, he's called John the witness. Um, And he testifies to the light. And I love the humility that we see in this man. I realized how much I needed this reminder this year, that I don't have to produce my own light. As as much as I want to, as much as I sometimes try to, I don't have to produce my own light. And as I read these words in John, I thought, wait a minute. Doesn't this contradict what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount? Doesn't he tell us to be the light, you know, the salt and the light of the world? So I I dug into this. I had a discussion with my husband, Michael, about it. And I realized that we just are the light. We don't produce the light. We just are the light. And I think it's very intentional that it directly follows the Beatitudes, blessed are the hopeless, blessed are those who grieve, blessed are the humble, blessed are those who thirst for righteousness and mercy, and so on. 
It doesn't say blessed are the people who go into ministry or blessed are the people who attend church or the live stream. Blessed are those who, who do this, that, and the other. And I've been pondering this. How can the church be a light in this dark world if we cannot produce it ourselves? I was reminded of the painting of, from Van Gogh, A Starry Night. I have a picture for it to put out as I talk about it. Um, and this oil painting depicts a quiet village beneath a sky full of stars. The indigo night sky represents the infinite presence of God and the stars and the moon are a bright yellow. This is Van Gogh's favorite color because it represents sacred love. You see how this is connecting, right? The yellow, the light connected with sacred love. This divine light um, of the stars is reflected below in the homes of the village. They're illuminated with that same yellow warmth of God's love. But then there's this one building in the front um, and it's, it's, it represents the church. It's dark. There's no, there's no light. Um, and the fact that it represents the church, it's kind of offensive, right, <laughs> when, you, when you first take it in. And as someone who has built my life and um, my career within the walls of the church, I do not want this for us. I do not want the church to be dark and void of God's presence. And to be clear, this is a critique of the institutional church and how cold it can be when it focuses more on the world than on the presence of God and his sacred love. And John the Baptist reminds us of, of this, that we do not produce light um, or the presence of God, but it is offered to us. Are we receiving it? Are we reflecting it? We can claim the name of Jesus all day long, but are we basking in his presence? Are we rooted in prayer and in the scriptures? Are we connected to Christian community? These things are so vital for the church, and there are so many people that I know of that have left the church altogether because of a church's refusal to receive the light of Christ. This saddens me because I still see the light of Christ in these people, and they still receive the light from Christ, but they no longer wish to reflect that and to point to Jesus as the source of that light. They no longer bring that, church, that light into the church. And something I take away from this reality is that the church wants to declare where God is. It wants to be the place that we meet God. But God works in mighty ways outside of this box. God moves in ways that we can't wrap our head around. And this leaves us room to wonder, to doubt, to create art, to explore beauty, to look for God in the world and in other people. The church's task becomes not to create light, but to find light, and to join, in, to join John in witnessing to its source. This is what sets Christians apart from people who have left the church. We witness that God is the source of all truth, all grace, all love, and all goodness in the world, even when we don't recognize it. So Sky Jatani is one of my favorite authors, and I have to cite him here because he definitely gave me a lot of the words um, to explain the, the Starry Night painting. Um, but I also want to talk about this book that he, ha he has that's named What If Jesus Was Serious? And it looks into um, the teachings of Jesus and how they can really, really apply to our lives when lived out. And in one of the things, uh, one of his sections, he compares the Christmas tree to the oak tree as a, a metaphor for Christians. And the Christmas tree, we have one right here. <laughs> it looks so pretty and it draws attention to itself. Um, but essentially, it is dead. We, I have one in my house. I love Christmas trees. This is not hating on Christmas trees. Um, but it is cut from its roots. It is essentially dead. Uh, we give it water to sustain its death, basically. 
um, but the oak tree is still rooted. It is still alive. Um, and so as Christians, we should, to, to be the light, to just be the light, um, we want to be the oak tree that's taking in the light um, of God that is rooted in prayer and the scriptures and other spiritual disciplines. Um, well, as much as we want to be a Christmas tree um, it, and to appear like a Christian more than we want to live our life with God, and this keeps us in the darkness and away from God's warm light of divine love and presence. Gosh, we can take away so much from John the Baptist. He could have been a Christmas tree with having the news of the coming Messiah. Israel has been waiting for this for so long and he has this news. In fact, the people later in the passage um, want to know who he is. He must be someone of importance if he, if he has this news and is this witness. But no, he is not the Christ, he's not Elijah, and he's not the prophet. He is the voice crying out from the wilderness, make the Lord's path straight. You see, the purpose of John, John's ministry is to witness, and it's all tied up in revealing Jesus' identity to Israel. When we go back and look at its context in Isaiah, we learn that preparing for Jesus is repentance and to turn away from being Christmas trees and turn towards being oak tree that soaks in the light, the life, and the love from our coming Savior, Jesus. This is what John's ministry is screaming at us to do. Repent, turn away from this, this dead life and turn into the goodness of God's life. Now we all know the intro of John 1. Um, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. So beautiful, I love it. Um, there are also some beautifully relevant verses in between the verses that we have for our lectionary this morning. It's verses 9 through 18. I want to focus in on those as well. Hear these words. The true light that shines on all people was coming into the world. The light was in the world, and the world came into being through the light. But the world didn't recognize the light. The light came to his own people, and his own people didn't welcome him. But those who did welcome him, those who believed in his name, he authorized to become God's children, born not from blood, not from human desire or passion, but born from God. The word became flesh and made his home among us. We have seen his glory, glory like that of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified about him, crying out, this is the one whom I said, he who comes after me is greater than me. Because he, never, because he existed before me. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace, and the law has been given through Moses. So grace and truth came into being through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. God, the only Son, who is at the Father's side, has made God known. So we learn from these verses that Jesus is the light of our world. Everyone is, is experiencing this light, whether they recognize it or not. And John the Baptist invites us to believe in Jesus and to notice his light in our world. This is how we prepare the way. To prepare the way of, for Jesus, we reflect the light of God through, through our lives with God. Through the spiritual dis disciplines of prayer and reading scriptures and through being in community with other light bearers. I see the light of God when kids are playing and laughing together. I saw the light of God when uh, Chad noticed Tom this morning. 
I see the light of God when friends gather um, for authentic conversation over a meal. I see the needs of, I see the light when the needs of others are put first in our lives. I also see it when hard and healthy boundaries are set in relationships. I see the light of God when we witness and celebrate the life of a Christian. And I definitely saw it in Holly's testimony to her mother, Marja's life. In 2020, I've seen the light in so many places, in all of the Zoom meetings with you guys, in the socially distant uh, gatherings. Um, I see the light when you guys care for each other, and um, especially when someone is quarantined or sick, you guys have really gone out there and provided meals and been the support system. I see the light when we grieve together the loss of a friend or a, a member of our community. I witness the light when uh, we show compassion to each other and to the needs of the city. I've seen the light in so many places in my time here at Andover, even though it's only been since March and it's been a very crazy time. I have seen the light of Jesus in you guys. And so I encourage you to continue in this and to keep being the light, all of you, because this is the Holy Spirit at work. This is the kingdom being built on earth. Uh, we've been talking about the kingdom of God so much and um, just the, the darkness of um, God's wrath. And that's what leads us into Advent. Um, and then we have this light that meets that darkness. Um, and that is the kingdom being built. It, it all comes from our lives lived with God. We didn't create the good things that we have in our lives. We didn't create the laughter of a child or a baby. We didn't create how good it feels to have a good conversation with a good friend. God created us to experience that and, um, and created us to enjoy that. And as we uh, reflect on this, um, may we also be, you know, remember that we bear God's image and we also carry his spirit with us. Many of these things that I've been talking about have happened inside and outside of the church. And this year more than ever has been a tangible reminder that the building is not the church. Church is still happening and we are still connected and the, the light of Christ is not dimmed. So let us make straight the path and light it up with, with love, hope, and peace of Emmanuel in this dark world. Let's pray. God, thank you for John the Baptist um, and the fact that he witnessed and testified to the identity of Jesus so that we can know and love him now. Please help us to receive your light and reflect that light in the world. We love you so much. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.